On today's show, country recording artist and The Voice UK alum, Preston D. Barnes. Hey guys, Preston here, all the way from the UK. Super excited to be speaking to Mike today and all you guys too. Welcome to the Mike Rand Show. And today's special guest is country recording artist and the Voice UK alum, Preston D. Barnes. Hey, Preston, how are you? Hey, how you doing, Mike? You're good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Doing great over here. So for people who don't know, you are huge over there in the UK. I'm here in America, so thank you for joining us all the way from the UK today. My pleasure. What I want to know first is how did you get started in your singing career? Because you actually were in the British Army for like 22 years. Am I correct? Well, how do you know that? You've been looking on Google, right? (laughs) Yes, I was um, I was a British British Army soldier for 22 years to start with. Um, And during my career, I, I was actually part of a military band as well. Um, so that's where the music started, really, right back when I was 15 years old. Um, <clears throat> my mum bought me a keyboard for Christmas, and that keyboard came with some free lessons. So I kind of went along to the free lessons, and that really started my musical journey. So thank you, mum, for buying me the keyboard, firstly. Um, and then I decided to join the army at 16 um, and continue my musical career in a military band. Um, and that is really where my musical journey started. Not necessarily singing, though, just playing instruments at that stage. And then at what point then, um, so what, what did you do in the British Army for the most of your time there? So for 16 years, I was in um, a band called the Band of the Corps of Royal Engineers. And I kind of, I always say this to you guys over in the US, when you watch Buckingham Palace, in London and you see the guys in the red uniforms marching outside the palace. That's kind of what I did, just not in that specific band, but we did, that's what I did all over the world. Um, I initially started on flute. I played flute to start with. Um, And then I was the guy at the front with the long mace uh, marching at the front that was leading the band. And then I went on to train brand new soldiers how to become British Army musicians for another six years after that time. So, and I did lots of other things as well, but that's um, that's not musically uh, linked at all. So, but I had I had an amazing career in the British Army. I can't, I, I will never ever look back and say I shouldn't have done that. It's it's made me who I am today, um, and musically, it's taught me everything I know. So I'm really happy. Yep. And then at what point did you um, leave the British Army? And then what did you do immediately after you left? Um, So I think really, um, 
I left in 2017. Um, so that's quite some time ago now, right? That's gone so fast already. Uh, but yeah, 2017, which was shortly after another musical venue uh, venture, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but um, I, I kind of had a, a springboard to, to leave the forces with that then immediately catapulted me into my musical journey that I'm doing now. So um, I did a full career in the military, 22 years. That's all you can do. You can do more, but generally the term is 22 years in, in, in Britain. Uh, so I did the whole thing. I survived <laughs> for that long. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the story really kind of goes from what springboarded me out of the military to what I'm doing now, really, I suppose. Yes, and what you did is you appeared on a very famous show over there, which we have in America as well, and it's called The Voice. So can you tell me That's how right. you got on The Voice <laughs> and what made you audition for The Voice? Okay, so I auditioned not necessarily um, because I wanted to, to start with. It's kind of a weird story. Um all the lads in the army wanted me to, we, we always used to go out singing on karaoke's and, you know, having a, having a laugh and a drink and all that stuff. Um, and I ended up winning a few karaoke competitions, which then gave me a little bit of money to buy drinks for the boys. So it became like a bit of a game and we'd go out and find bars with karaoke on. So, and they'd get me up as their little kind of, this is our, our goal. Let's, let's see if this guy can win it again and we'll get a free night, you know? Um, and then one day, one of the guys said, why don't you try for The Voice UK? And at, at the same time, The X Factor was also on TV quite a lot. Um, but I, I, that show never really interested me. I was more interested in what it is that The Voice stood for. So they're, they're listening to The Voice first before they see you. Um, and I think that's a really interesting, good point of the show, actually, because not, not a lot of shows are like that. Um, so I just applied. I sent an email. I got a, a response straight away. They wanted to know my backstory and what I did. And I think with the military link, they found it really interesting. So that's what got me onto the show initially. But it took like seven months of auditions and interviews before I even got onto the actual stage itself. But hey, I'm glad I did it now, you know? Yes. And I remember I do, um, there's a boy band out there, which I'm sure you probably have heard of, Five. Have you heard of the boy band? Oh, Five? yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I yeah, know yeah. that Sean had auditioned for The Voice. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I think it was probably before you. It was earlier, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it was earlier than me, yeah. Yes, because I, I seen the clips online. And we all know he has a beautiful voice and they didn't turn the chairs around the judges for him. I know, but, I which, know. Which is amazing. Like that's a good concept for the show. And I remember, I forget who was the judge that was there and she recognized him too. And so she used to listen to him and she just right. didn't know what that's she right. could offer as a mentor towards him. But I want to know that's right. who were your judges that day when you had your first audition okay. and what was that first, you know, that moment where you, where you had to wait for them to... Turn those chairs. Oh, it, it was the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done, I think. Um, because what you guys don't see on when you watch it on TV 
is when we walk out onto that stage, there's a live audience in the studio and they're, they're all told to be super silent. Um, and you can hear the footsteps of me on the stage and you stand in front of the microphone for what seems an eternity before you sing anything. And I think it was around about a minute of standing still, not doing anything. And that's quite nerve wracking on its own. And the chairs are obviously not turned round at this stage, right? Um, and then the band strikes up and off I go and I sing away. Um, and I didn't even see a chair turn. Because you know that big noise that when you hear the chair turn? You don't hear that in the studio. So I, I didn't, I was concentrating on the right hand side of the stage at the time. I was singing to somebody down here in the audience. And when I turned round, Ricky Wilson from Kaiser Chiefs was facing me. I couldn't believe it. I was like, somebody's turned. It's amazing. Um, I, I only got one chair turn because I think I was the second to last person on the whole of that voice series to go out for a blind audition. So we were told in the green room before we, we even went on stage, um, there may not be any places left on the judges' teams but you're going to go out on the stage and sing anyway. So we didn't know. I didn't know if there was a space left. And I got the final space of that season because he was the only guy that had a space left on his team. So I was super lucky. Um, but the other judges were Boy George, who's a great guy. Love that guy. Um, Paloma Faith and Will I Am, of course. Awesome, yeah. Um, but yeah, Ricky Wilson, Ricky Wilson's the one that turned for me, and, and he's a really good friend of mine now. He's, you know, yeah. I, I get on really well with the guy. That, that's kind of crazy to think they already had, you know, there may not have been a space for you, and they said go out anyway. What, yeah. if, you, what if you blew them through the roof? You couldn't even get on the show then if all four wanted Exactly. You. That's kind of exactly. crazy. Exactly, yeah, that's right. <laughs> because and, I think there was, I think there's a, I think there's a hundred people left at that stage. Mm -hmm. On the blind auditions, I think there's a hundred contestants, and all hundred will go out and sing, regardless of whether there's any spaces or not. So it's quite interesting to the public that they don't kind of see all this stuff, you know. Um, but I, look, I'm just blessed. I got I got a chair turn, um, and I'm super super lucky, you know. Yes, exactly. That that's just pretty crazy to think, but um. The song that you sang was a Michael Bolton hit here in the USA, When a Man Loves a Woman. <laughs> I know. Which you did a great job at. Can you tell us um, why did you choose that song? Did you did Were there specific songs you had to choose from? Or did you get to choose your own song for the audition? So you get given um, a list of songs that they think would be good for you to sing. Um, and out of out of the list that I was given... Uh, that was my choice to sing that one out of the final three songs. So I think I'll get, I got given 10 songs, I think. And then we, we kind of reduced it down to three songs. Um, and I just ended up picking that song because I knew it already. I knew the song. So I kind of grew up with all that kind of music. So I just chose to do that song, but in a, in a slightly different way, I suppose, to what, what other people have done it before, but the house band were just, just amazing, you know. 
you ask them to play anything and they're just, what can I say? Just a different level. They really are amazing yeah. people to work with. So how far did you get in the competition? Uh, so I got through to the battle rounds, um, which is blind auditions first, get your chair turn, and then you go back and compete against somebody else. Um, and I competed against a guy called Kagan, who was, I think, 17. <laughs> and I was 37. <laughs> so I was like, I, have, I haven't got any chance here at all, you know. Um, but um, they were actually really struggling to work out. I think Paloma Faith and Boy George wanted me to go through. Um, and they were kind of arguing amongst themselves, no, you should put him through. And Will I Am and Ricky Wilson thought the other guy should go through. Um, and it kind of made a little bit of um, controversy, shall we say. And, and look, you know, in the, in the media, controversy breeds interest, doesn't it? So that was great for me. But I didn't get through that stage. And that's when I left the show. Um, but actually, at the time, that was the right thing for me. Because I, I had other things coming from the blind auditions, right? Because that was like a month before the blind, uh, the, the battle rounds. So there's quite a distance, quite a time where you, people get hold of you and contact you and say, I like you. But because you contracted to the BBC, you can't do anything at that stage. So I had to wait until I exited the show to then go into what I was offered, which is coincidentally what I'm doing now. And how much interaction did you have with your mentors and judges on the show and the other contestants even when you were there? Yeah, so the other contestants we had, we, we was always in touch. Um, you know, we had these silly kind of WhatsApp group things that people have and uh, we were meeting up in, in Manchester in the UK. And, uh, so I made lots of friends through that show. That was great. In terms of the judges... Um, you don't really get that much time with them um, in between the actual TV episodes because they've, they've got that many people to deal with. I think I spent around about an hour with Ricky Wilson um, on the piano and working out things that I should sing for the battle rounds. And But you spend more time with the vocal coaches and the backstage staff than what you do with the judges, you know? Which is cool because, you know, the, these vocal coaches are some of the best that the UK can offer. So that was fantastic to get that tuition, you know, when I was there. So great. It was, it was it's all good. It's all good. Yep. You know? And what advice did Ricky give for you when you left the show? He just said to me, look, I'm really, really gutted that I couldn't put you through I wanted to put you through um, and he just said to me you've got you've already got a career and you're going to be fine whereas the 17 year old Kagan he was so young he was still at college he didn't really have a job yet so they wanted to give him that opportunity uh, but he did say stay in touch um, and he gave me his email address and all that stuff and and I've stayed in touch ever since. And he's true to his word. He's a good guy, you know? He's a good guy. And then those offers, what were those offers? And where did they lead you to? <laughs> so 
Um, I got approached by a, a guy called Mark Wickenden, who owns Sonic Boom Records here in the UK. And um, it was very, very quickly after The Voice that I was down at his studio. Um, and I actually did a few radio jingles for him to start with. Uh, he, that he was he, that was his business at the time. Um, he did a lot for global radio, um, but um, I, I did a few adverts for him and jingles, which is great fun. Um, and then we released a few cover uh, cover albums, just to kind of keep my name out there from what 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 happened on the Voice, and they did really well. But we all know that original music is where it's at and you need to write songs and you know so we had to find a sound and and i've been working with mark now at sonic boom ever since the show so it's taken us probably four years maybe five years to find the actual sound that i want to work with and we've tried everything you know and dabbled in this and tried this sound and yeah Rock music's good for me because I can put a gravel on my voice. Um, we've tried pop, we've tried, we've tried kind of everything, but then country, we just said, let's try country one day. Um, and I sang a Chris Stapleton song to him and he said, there it is. That's it, right there. And that was only one year ago last week. <laughs> so not long ago, right? Yeah. Um, so in country music, I've only been doing this for 12 months. But, um, hey, I'm glad that we came across country, you know? Yeah. Now, did you listen to country music growing up or is this just a yeah. completely... Okay. Who were who some of the people that inspired you or that you enjoyed listening to? So I always used to listen to people like Robert Cray, which is kind of a little bit more blues. Um, James Taylor, which again was kind of the 70s type of, you know, psychedelic type sound. But my, my mum and my dad were are both huge music fans and we'd listen to the vinyl every weekend, you know, on a Friday night. Because that's the only time they used to get records out. You know, you're not allowed to go anywhere near the record player until it's Friday night. Um, but yeah, I was introduced to, to country music by my granddad actually, a long, long time ago. So you're talking, what, 1989, maybe, um, I've been listening to country music from. So, you know, the Johnny Cash of the world and all them type of people. Um, Dolly Parton, of course. You know, all the big names that people talk about, you know, I grew up with that. But then, then we found Luke Combs, Chris Stapleton, uh, Miranda Lambert, all these new people. That are, that are out now, uh, Toby Keith, Keith Urban, all these guys. And I just wanted to do that, you know? I want to do that. And that's when we tried the sound in the studio, and here we are. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of great country songs, you know? And it's totally a different style. Um, yeah. And definitely some of the people that, you know, and like you said, the, the greats, like... Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers. I always remember Islands in the Stream. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Yeah, Islands in the yeah, Stream. yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that song, you know? Um, yeah. I think they're like two, you know, two of the legends in country music. And then you have all yeah, these of people. Yeah, of course. 
You've got Garth Brooks, Leanne Rimes, um, all these other people yep. later on, and then this new crop of people. So, so many people in country music, very diverse, talented group of people there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then you came out with your first single. So tell us, <laughs> yeah. how, did, how was the process with that coming about? <clears throat> so Mark, my uh, producer at Sonic Boom, knows an incredibly famous and talented guy over in Nashville. Um, and his name is Steve Dorff. Now, Steve Dorff is songwriter Hall of Fame, inductee 2018. He's written for Rascal Flatts, George Strait, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston. He's a big, big songwriter. And his son, Andrew Dorff, um, sadly, he's not here anymore. Um, he died way too young. But both of those guys wrote songs and have kept songs in their what the songwriters say, their top drawer, right? So they have a top drawer of songs, middle and a bottom. And they just wait for the right person to come along to say, I will offer you this song um, for my top drawer. And Mark from Sonic Boom, my producer, knows Steve because he's worked with him before. So we just give Steve a call and said, Steve, listen to this guy's voice. We didn't say who it were, what my history was, anything about me at all. Have a listen to this guy's voice and see what you think. And he got back to me straight away. He said, look, I love this guy's voice. Who is this? So he introduced me to Steve and had a little you was born right there. He, he said, I've got a song for you. You guys can go away and produce it and do what you want with it. Um, and that's where Add Little You came from. And coincidentally, it is from his top drawer and it got to number two in the UK charts, which is, for my first single, absolutely amazing, you know? So Steve Dorff has, needs to take a lot of credit for that. And, but it was actually written by Andrew Dorff, his son. Yeah, that was a um, great song. I heard it. At, I really love that song. That one's a good one. And can you tell us? Yeah, everybody how... says that, you know. Yeah. You, you made a, your first music video too. Yes, and that music so tell video- Tell us what that was like. Far from here. Yeah, and, and that's the first, I've never done a music video in my entire existence either. Um, and we met some country photographers and uh, videographers that kind of do a lot of the country scene in the UK. And they said, look, come over to Leeds, which is not far from Manchester for you guys. You, you know Manchester, right? Yes. You've heard of Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Manchester, yes, I've heard United, of Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Leeds is not far from there, which is not far from here. So we said, we'll come over and have a look what you want to do. Uh, and they created a storyboard for the song. And we went over on a lovely two day. For the UK, we were very lucky because the weather was amazing. And it's normally raining here in the UK. So it was sunny, it was warm. And we went out there and we did a. You know, it was it was quite a it was a budget music video, but I think it turned out really, really well. It told the story. We got two young actors in to play the the, the lead parts. Uh, but it was so much fun. And I want to do it again, you know. 
yeah music there, videos, there, there is more coming there is yeah more coming. music videos are always fun to watch i always uh love watching them i was in a couple music videos myself back in the day <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, actually you know what maybe you might know um because they were from the uk kasabian have you heard of them absolutely i do yeah i i'm in their music video cut off oh, are you yeah where the shark is in the streets yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that. I'm being chased by the shark in the streets because that was filmed in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> I know. Oh, so you're going to have to go and look for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that video. <laughs> That's brilliant. Love it. Yep. Love it. I'm going to look straight after this. Yes, you're, you're <laughs> going to look because you're going to see me a few times in that video. I'm even, you know, I see myself, you know, I'm in that video. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I didn't know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so much fun. Yeah, at that time, I didn't know who they were because um, that was filmed, right. my gosh, I want to say off the top of my head, I'm guessing 2004, but I could be wrong. Yeah, but it, that, it'll be around about. Yeah, that's yeah. where I think I, I filmed it. But yeah, it was a lot of fun to wow. do the video. Um, so what did yeah, you learn? Yeah, yeah. What did you learn that maybe you didn't know after you filmed the music video that you found very interesting about the whole process? Was there anything that struck you as something new that you learned from it or interesting about it? Yeah, yeah, no, seriously, yeah. Um, I, I didn't know the process before, because they do things in, they kind of cut it up and they don't do things in order. So you don't start with the first line of the song and then sing that line and then move to the next line and go to a different location. It's not like that. So I think the biggest thing for me was I learned to overemphasize everything. So if you're, if you're singing the song, make sure your mouth is working properly and opening up for the words. And you, you kind of, your arms need to be bigger when you're opening your arms out, everything needs to be big. Um, and and I, I kind of felt a little bit silly doing it on the day because I just thought, I mean, we were right next to a motorway in England at one point, right? And the cars were coming past and they could see me stood on the back of this pickup truck, throwing my arms around and singing to nobody, basically. Um, and I, it just made me feel really uncomfortable to start with. But actually, when you watch it back on camera, you just go, that really works, you know? It, as much as... And because I've never done it before, it just felt so strange to me to do it that, that way. Um, very, very cleverly done. Um, and, you know, at one point we were in a hotel in a hotel room and then we we're back in the middle of a field on another shot. And it's not until you see the first edit of the video that you go, I know what you've done now. I know how you've done this. But if they know what they're doing. You don't necessarily need to know what you're doing. You just need to be there, dress right, sing correctly, do whatever you need to do with your actions. And, you know, as we say in the UK, jobs are good. <laughs> and then after that song, you released another couple songs. The next song you released yeah. is Poison. Can you tell us a little bit about that yes. one? Yeah. And again, that was another, that was another song from the Steve Dorff draw, you know? Um, and um, Steve had a lot more input with that song. Um, and, and actually, that really wasn't a favourite of mine when we got it given. 
um, we, we went, he, he, I think he sent about six songs and I didn't pick Poison, strangely enough. I, I was like, I don't think that's going to suit my voice at all. Um, and my producer was like, come on, you know, we need to do this. I think Poison's going to be good for you. And that's, I don't, I'm not feeling it, you know. And it took me a while to come round, but we laid, it, we laid the track down a few times. Um, and we changed the music from what the original demo was that Steve sent over. We made it a little bit more rocky, a lot of more overdriven guitars, um, heavier drums. Um, and then I heard the final edit. And when I heard it, I thought, you're right, you know, it, it's actually a good song. It's a really good song. And strangely enough, that is the song that's had, I think still now, has still had the most radio play in the UK. Out of all four singles. So, and the radio presenters here on Absolute Radio <clears throat> said, oh, it really sounds like Keith Urban on that song. Um, so, they're really picking up on it, you know, over here. So it's, it just surprised me because I didn't like the song to start with. But actually, I love it now. Um, and the band played really well live. So it's amazing what changes, right? You know, you don't, you never know until you, until you get it, until you get in the studio, I think. Exactly. <laughs> then your third single was Way Back When. Yes, yes, that is not a Steve Dorff song. Uh, that came from um, uh, a girl over in Canada. Uh, really, really good songwriter over there, which is actually um, very good friends and a family member, I do believe, to my producer, Mark. Um, and she wrote that song about her grandparents and how much of a, a really strong relationship her grandparents had. And um, she, she grew up looking and wanting that kind of relationship with whoever she ended up marrying and all this, you know, it, it's just, I think it was like a lifelong song for her. Uh, Victoria Dykes, she's called, she's a lovely girl. Um, and she just sent over a demo on a guitar, just raw chords, nothing else. Um, and we said, uh, and uh, to be fair, I did listen to that and I thought, yeah, I'll have that one. I want that one. Um, and we really, really kind of beefed that up, that song, because uh, we only had chords. She just said, do what you want with it. So my producer and Ben Newton, my guitar player, which you saw in the Add A Little You video, um, those guys are geniuses. They just get in the studio and within 48 hours, I've got a structure, they've got the sound, they've got pretty much most of the guitars and the drums laid down. Um, and yeah, way back when, that's, that's done, I think that got to number two as well, believe it or not. So, awesome. <laughs> it's crazy, you know? It's and just crazy. You know what I just uh, was reminded of <clears throat> too, I want to make sure that I'm correct here. Steve Dorff, he wrote theme songs for TV shows as well. Am I correct in that? Yes. I think here in the US, he also wrote for, there was a show called Just the Ten of Us that I used to love. 
that he wrote yes, the theme song for that. Yes. Yep, yes, the and person. also Every Which Way But Loose as well, mm-hmm. the film. He wrote that. He wrote um, Double or Nothing and wrote part of the soundtrack for Rocky Four film. Um, he's, I mean, the guy is, the guy is a legend. Yep. He really is a musical legend. Uh, and they, there is no other way of putting that. He's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And who he's worked with in his career is just crazy. But yes, you're right. He did write for a lot of TV, yeah. Yep. And speaking of theme songs, there's a show that has an awesome theme song that I grew up on. It was called California Dreams. And I know. It was a show that, you know, they had a band on there. They <laughs> sang lots of songs. And one of the songs that was on that show, Castles in the Quicksand, you actually <laughs> recorded. I know. What a crazy story this is. Yeah, so I, I want to hear about this because th- this is how I discovered you too from Castles in the Quicksand. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, we know a guy called Paul Bliss and Steve Kipner. Um, I don't know if you've heard of those guys before over in the in the US, but Steve Kipner wrote Genie in a Bottle for Christina Aguilera. Um, he's He's been in the music industry for a long, long time over there. Um, and Paul Bliss has written for the Hollies over in the UK and Moody Blues, um, Sheena Easton, if you've ever heard of Sheena Easton. Um, well, we know Paul Bliss. Now, we didn't know at that time that he'd written Castles on Quicksand, right? We also didn't know that Castles on Quicksand was linked to California Dreams. So Paul Bliss said, look, I've got a song here that you might want to record. It was brought out by a band called Think Out Loud a few years ago. Well, not a few years ago. I think the 1990s, actually. Like a rock band did it. And we still didn't know California Dreams had had it on their TV show, right, at this stage. Steve said, you can re-release this song if you want to. Okay, no problem. And he said, but if you're doing country music, there's no way you're going to make that into a country song. No way. But you can have a go if you want to, right? (laughs) So, we, obviously, the guys in the studio produced it into a country song, right? And then it was about four weeks before release, and we came across... California Dreams. And we saw a video on YouTube of those guys singing the song on a TV show back in 1992, right? And I said, I sat back in amazement saying, guys, I was straight on the phone to my producer. Have you seen this video? Do you realize that a TV show in America, which is quite clearly a massive TV show, has sang Castles on Quicksand. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So we phoned Paul Bliss up and said, Paul, do you know about this? And he said, I, I think I vaguely remember them doing it, yes. but I, And it was all kind of... And I was like, guys, come on, we need, we're missing something here. So we contacted um, J. Anthony Frank and we contacted... Um, 
Kelly Packard as well. And we said, look, guys, we're releasing a song that you've done on a TV show that was hugely successful. What do you think of the song? Do you like the song? And J. Anthony Frank wrote straight back and said, guys, I love that tune. You've done an amazing job of that song. So we kind of, we've been working together with California Dreams throughout the release. And that's when you got in touch. Um, and today, as it sits right here, that went straight in at number one. So that is our most successful song so far. Oh, that's awesome but, to hear. So, so it got number had, one over I, there I, in the UK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, on, awesome. one minute past midnight, straight in at number one, yeah. Wow. Uh, but I also didn't realize that it was actually 30 years anniversary of that TV show. And when we set the release date of the song, we didn't know that. We didn't know that there was an anniversary. So actually, on the actual day of release, I think it was one week out from the 30th anniversary of that, of that um, TV show. So it, it was literally written in the stars for us, you know. Um, but that song has made some waves in the UK. You know, straight in at number one, it's, done, it's been played on, I think, over 30 now radio, no, sorry, over 50 radio stations here in the UK. Um, and people love the song. And I keep saying, guys, it's been out before, you know. It's been on an American TV show and another band's released it. I think about eight different people have released that song over the years. But nobody's ever done it country. We're the first to do that. So yeah, what do you I, think I, of it, actually? I honestly never, besides California Dreams, I hadn't he heard the other releases. Just your version. Right, okay. Yeah, so okay. I haven't, what, I haven't what heard did you it. Think? Oh, what? Right, okay. What did you think of the country version of it? Oh, I loved it. it and, and it was like it was a whole other song, too. Like, you totally did a great job with it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, everybody said, because they've heard both versions now. Yeah. I think on my social media, I put, we made one video to kind of promote the song. And it was California Dreams TV show to start with on the video in 1992. And then we merged it into my music video straight afterwards um, to show the two different versions, but one song, as in we just carried the song on. Um. And people love that video. They're like, how have you done that? So I think it's more kind of, for the public, it's, you've kind of re, you've made a song reborn, basically, after so long. Yes, and it, it's and great we were so happy to do that. Original version and a new version, and we're, when they're both great versions, you know, that, that's even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because a lot of people yeah. redo songs. Sometimes they don't do a good job redoing a song. Sometimes they're better than the original. Yeah, right. But this one, you've got two That's great right. versions, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Jay Anthony Frank and Kelly Packard actually got in touch on day of release when it went, because I put a picture, number one, at the top, you know, um, and Kelly Packard sent me a picture like this, clapping. And Jay Anthony Frank, great job, mate, you know. So... I'm I'm so happy, you know, and I'm, and I'm and I'm happy for the guys on the TV show too, that we were we was able to continue that kind of success that they had, 
so we, we were super happy with that. Yep. And we love Jay Anthony, Frankie, and Kelly Packard here. So you guys that are watching, yeah, go watch their interviews. Because Kel- the time of this being filmed, Kelly's isn't released yet, but I do have an interview with Kelly that will be out. I'm uh, looking forward to that one, yeah. Yep. So, But yeah. you guys who are watching this now, it's already out. Just letting you know. If you're watching this interview right now, Kelly's interview is out and Jay's interview is out. And I do have Aaron Jackson as well. So we've got three California Dreams episodes. Perfect. Make sure you check those out. And hopefully we we'll get more of the cast here soon too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then now, what is your next single? What, what What's the next one that you did? You did a little collaboration, correct? Did you do a little duet? Yeah, I have done it. Yes. How do you know about that? See, I, I'm, I, I do my research. <laughs> You're an investigator, aren't you? Um, yes, I, I have a duet coming out. I'm just a featured artist on that. I, uh, I was asked by a girl called Nicola Harris, do you want to come to London and be my duet partner on a new song that I've written? So I, I haven't written the song. I'm just um, a guest artist, shall we say. But that's coming out on the 2nd of November and it's called You. That's all it's called. It's a, it's a great song, you know. It's um, It's got a really good hook line to it. She's written the song herself. Um, and she was actually on the X Factor as well um, a few years ago, I think about 10 years ago. So um, it was really nice to do that, you know, and to be asked to be to be singing with somebody else is it feels really good to do that. So I, I hope the song does really well for her. Uh, that's out on the 2nd of November. And then we've got another single coming out on the 9th of November. Um, and that will be ready for pre-save on the 26th of October. I, and I'm really excited about that one. That should yeah. be that should be a, a good journey, I think. And when do you think we can expect a full-length album from you? Um, okay, so we've been discussing this today, actually, uh, in a meeting. Um, I think... I think really the middle of next year, um, maybe summer next year, we'll probably have an album together. Um, we've got some secret songs that nobody's heard of yet that we're going to save for that. Um, and the ones that's been out already, um, obviously will be on the album. But yeah, we're looking forward to doing a whole album, you know, a whole good quality studio album. But we've got some things coming up before that in April next year, which we need to do first before we put the album out, because I am so excited about what's going to happen in April. I cannot wait. Okay. Well, you know what? We're going to have to have you back another time and discuss some things that are going on, you know? Yeah. Get get some uh, insider info here. (laughs) Are there there any... Are there any plans maybe in the future once the album comes out to go on a tour and maybe visit the States over here in America? (laughs) That's exactly why I'm excited for April. Um, So we're going on tour in Nashville in April. Uh, I cannot wait. It's It's been one of my dream things to do since I was around about 18 years old. Um, 
and we're going to take the band out there and we're meeting Steve Dorf. Uh, we're going to do some studio sessions, get in the studio in Nashville, play live uh, to specific audiences. We've got some PR people we're going to meet over there. Um, I'm just so excited to go, you know? Yeah, um, so I've never been to Nashville. So when, I, I, when, when, we get, when, we, when we get back from Nashville, we, we will have another music video because we're going to film a, a music video out there as well. Um, and we will have probably another four songs that we will get produced over in Nashville. Yes, Hence, no, where we have to wait until summer. Yep. I, I, I've interviewed a lot of people um, on here from Nashville. Um, in, fa in fact, one of um, one of our guests that's on here a lot, Hollywood from the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, she currently lives there as well and loves it. So it's a great city. Oh, right. a, lot okay. of, a lot of country music, you know, artists yeah. down there yeah. too. And maybe when you meet Stephen yeah. Dorff, maybe you can cover that Just the Ten of Us theme song. I loved that theme song. You never know. I'm that you know what? It, I'm gonna doing it the best down. I can. It's called. It was a very good theme song, and that would yeah, be very popular. Yeah. And if it gets covered, to Steve. this is where the credit goes to America. I just, I just told him, <laughs> cover the song. <laughs> I, I did it for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna speak to Steve about that and say, you know, what? Mike Rand told me to to tell you something. So, yes, uh, that, that was a good show. Oh, fans love that theme song. That was a, a classic 90s yeah. theme song or late 80s, 90s. Uh, yeah, theme. late 80s, yeah. Yeah. And Let's that was a show that was, it was very popular that left the air too soon, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that show. Yeah. I, I will, I promise you, Mike, I'll do you a favor and I'll speak to Steve about that very thing. I promise you. Okay, awesome. <laughs> So now, is there is there anything else that you have planned in the future that you'd like to tell us, or any any gigs coming up soon, or anything like that that you want to promote? Yeah, I mean, we've only we've only been doing this, as I said earlier on, for really four months in the public eye. We, I think my first single was released in May, um, and we've released four up until now. We've got another one coming out on the 9th of November. That'll be five in six months. Um, and I've just been nominated for a British Country Music Award, um, which is Best Male Artist of 2022. So that award show is being held at the Cavern Club. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Cavern Club, but that is where the Beatles were made famous, in Liverpool. Um, it's a hugely iconic building in Liverpool. Um, so we're going to go to the awards night that night. You never know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I've got some serious competition in that category. But you never know. I've been nominated. It's my first year. I've only been doing it since May. So I'm really happy about that. But the best thing is I've got the whole band with me that night and we're doing a good half an hour set in front of everybody that's British country. So I can't wait for that. That's going to be amazing. Um, so yeah, you know, that, that is, that's going to be a good live gig to finish the year off. Um, but yeah, lots more yeah, to come next year. That's good. Congratulations. I hope you win. 
We will be rooting for you. So do I. <laughs> so do I. And now it is time to play the lightning round. I'm going to ask. Oh no! Okay. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and you just tell me which one you prefer. I'm going to name a couple things for you here. Would okay. you rather travel the world by an RV or a sailboat? Ooh, sailboat. Street smarts or book smarts? Book smarts. Would you rather call somebody or text someone? Call somebody. Football or soccer? Ooh, football. Roller coaster or bumper cars? Bumper cars. <laughs> Would you rather drive a car or a truck? Truck. What is the better superpower, being invisible or being able to fly? Oh, being invisible. <laughs> when it comes to being handy, are you more of a fix-it person or do you have to have somebody else fix it for you? Somebody else do it. <laughs> do you prefer movies or TV shows? Movies. Would you rather be clever or driven? Driven every day of the week. Driven. Would you rather work four long days with long shifts or six short day shifts? Six short day shifts. And who is your favorite Spice Girl? Scary, baby, ginger, posh, or sporty? Baby. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you very much indeed. Can you tell everybody how they can contact you if they want to reach out and learn more about you? Yeah, so my socials, Facebook and Instagram is Preston D Barnes Official. Um, and you've got, you can get me on my website as well, which is PrestonDBarnes.com. It's that easy. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And thank you guys for watching. And we will talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody.